0: Hi, my name's Councillor Matthew Brown. Thank you for inviting me to speak on uh, what's become known as the Preston Model. Uh, I'm a councillor within Preston City Council. I've been a councillor for 15 years now, and I currently hold the role of social justice, inclusion and policy within the Cabinet of Preston City Council. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I just want to talk about the Preston Model because... What it is really is a response to a systemic problem that we have with the way the economy has been for thirty or forty years, which has been um, accentuated by the austerity that we've seen, which has been caused by the um, dysfunctionality of the corporate capitalist system. And what we're trying to do, you know, in a collaborative approach, is to kind of like look to form alternatives in a way that's kind of like common sense as well as radical, and. You know, for it to succeed, it, it's got a number of strands, but it also needs quite a number of players. And we do feel we've made quite a lot of significant progress, and we do feel we're improving the living standards of people within Preston and Lancashire. And, you know, it's very interesting because a lot of these approaches are being adopted in a number of European cities, a number of uh, cities and places in, in the UK are interested as well and making a start, but also. Crucially, a lot of the inspiration comes from uh, American cities like Cleveland and Rochester in New York and elsewhere where, you know, they're looking for alternatives as well. So in many ways, it potentially, and I say that word potentially, potentially, you know, lays the groundwork for the beginnings of a new economic model, you know, that's going to be a lot fairer and a lot more democratic and a lot more devolved as well. So that's what it is, so more than more the happy to uh, answer any questions you have about
1: it so what I, what i wanted to ask you quickly matt for the for the benefit of people um listening is is ha- how did you how did you come to start the work that you that you've been doing in Preston? was there a sort of series of realizations about how business of usual worked and how it could be sort of reformed
0: well i mean there was a number of things the first thing is is my own views have been uh quite radical compared to where. way that the place the Labour Party was, say, 10 or even five years ago. So, you know, so I was lucky to be elected to the Cabinet of the City Council for the first time in 2011. And I was also lucky to have a team around me that kind of, like, allowed me to be quite creative in the way I did things. So I was getting quite excited by a lot of the alternative strategies that I'd uncovered around the world, like Mondragon Dragon. And also in America, there's the, 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 North, the Bank of North Dakota. And these things have made huge advances uh, for the people within those areas by promoting economic democracy. So there was that as well. And then at the same time we got elected, um, what we've done as a city is we've kind of like been pursuing a lot of inward investment um, that was going to be facilitated by two global developers, And that had been a process, and this will be the same in many towns and cities across the country. That had been a process that had taken about 12 or 13 years to try to bring into fruition, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And then what happened is we had the economic crash in 2008. And, you know, leading up to 2011, there was an attempt to keep the thing going, but it was looking less and less like it was going to be feasible. So what happened is that the scheme kind of like was formally abandoned in 2011. So since then, we've been looking at new ways of trying to, you know, um, you know, regenerate the Preston economy and the Lancashire economy as well. And this is one of the ways that we've done it. And it was those two things, really, that kind of like were the, um, you know, that was a major like, catalyst. Firstly, there was my own, uh, views, which I was trying to promote within uh, within the council and elsewhere, which were kind of like, and those people are quite open to those ideas as well. But then, and perhaps more importantly, there was this kind of like system problem we had in the sense that if we go back to like 10 years ago, there was lots of money coming in, there was lots of houses being built, there was public spending was on the rise, you know, there was... Um, you know, inward investment, but that kind of like then all dried up.
1: Yeah.
0: So you know, had the double whammy of, you know, developers saying, well, you know, we're in a crisis, we can't, you know, invest at the moment, you know. And then on top of that, we kind of like had the situation which government was just giving us less and less and less. So it was really those two things put together. So we thought, well, how can we make ourselves self-sufficient? And in 2012 we came across uh, Ted Howard, who was the entrepreneur in Cleveland, who I believe you'd you, you have actually <laughs> he will be working for his organisation very shortly. Sure. And, and um, what I'd always been fascinated with was how areas where they promoted worker ownership had really saw, you know, big advances in the well-being of the people in the North community. So I need to give a, a mention to Gordon Benson, who was one of our officers at the, at the time, who was, who's now retired. He came across uh, Ted speaking at, event, at an event by the Centre for Local Economic Strategy, Cled in yeah. Manchester, who we've had a really good relationship with for the last five years now, nearly. And yeah, and we decided to pursue this policy of community wealth building. But before that, we were doing other things that are kind of like within that umbrella. So, for example, we were the first uh, employer, not council, the first employer in the north of England officially accredited with the Living Wage Foundation in 2012. You know, so we did that pretty much before anyone else in the north of England.
1: Right,
0: right. Um, you know, and we started pursuing that in 2008 really through our Labour group when we were in opposition. You know, and so, we, so by 2013, before we started this, we had quite a number of local employers, including a lot of the public sector, saying, well, we're behind on the living wage. And then on top of that as well, we had um, a new credit union, uh, which was, like, starting, you know, yeah. which is now Clever Money, C-L-E-V-R. And that was quite easy to do because they've extended the common bond... Uh, from one in Blackpool to Preston. So they just basically extant, extend, extended the, the reach of the credit union. But well, that's been quite successful in that it's had about 500 members already. You know, in the last two years, or two or three years, since it was launched to live and work within Preston. So we've done that. But by far the most important thing was the um, the stuff that we did with the anchor institutions. So in 2013, we started this project. mm mm-hmm. And it's involved about 12 anchor institutions in Preston and Lancashire, of which there's probably six or seven who've been, you know, very, very uh, committed and involved, but they've all played a part. So the six we engaged with initially in 2013, um, back then they spent about £750 million. So within that you've got two councils, You've got two colleges, you've got the Lancashire Police Force and you've got the um, you've got Community Gateway, which is actually a tenant led cooperative and it's the largest provider of social housing within Preston. So we have those six and then later the University of Central Lancashire came along, which is quite important, especially for us because they've got a major programme of investment as well. Right. So out of those six, back in two thousand and twelve, thirteen they spent around £746 million on goods and services. Now, last year, uh, last financial year, that amount had actually um, it reduced from 746 to about 616 which shows the quite dreadful effects of austerity. But the really positive news is that by working with CLES and working as a collaboratively across all these organisations... We managed to increase the spend on goods and services within Preston, even despite that huge uh, drop in uh, spending power, by 75 million in 2016 17. And that doesn't take into account the cumulative effect, because it obviously takes a number of years to get to that level of increase.
1: Just, just, and cost- just very quickly, um, just to give people an idea of the scale, how much now out of that 616 million? In total, will you be will you be expecting to be spent primarily? You know, first off, in in Preston.
0: Well, I mean, all I to do is give you the, the figures for for last financial year. But
1: sure.
0: I would say about one hundred and forty million. Yeah, whereas in 2012-13, and twelve thirteen, you're talking about fifty million. Really. 50 or 60 million, yeah. So the, the increase is £75 million. Pounds.
1: That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. And £75 but, uh, million here and there starts, starts to look like real money, right?
0: Yeah, well, it is. But, um, but, but on top of that as well, the Lancashire figures are even more impressive because uh, they're, they're spending an extra £200 million across Lancashire with these organisations, you know. So it's kind of like it's, it's becoming more of a Lancashire-wide approach at the moment because right, right. Other, ca- other councils have dipped their toes in and stuff like that. You know. So it's, it, you know, it's very much become a Lancashire-wide approach. But the good thing as well is a lot of these organisations have adopted social value policies. So, due to the fact that the majority of the initial six or seven anchors that we had, all are committed to the living wage. The the living wage figures we have are fantastic. They've just come out in the last few weeks. So, you know, we're now the best uh, in Lancashire for people receiving uh, the living wage are better. So, you know, we're we're now at about 19% of people who get less than the living wage, you know, whereas a few years back it was about 25%. You know, so that that has made a huge difference to the pay levels, and I think a big part of it is by, through this local purchasing, as well as actually purchasing from local suppliers, through the social value policies, we're getting things around the living wage in there as well, so that's wonderful. There's also an increase in construction at the moment, you know, within Preston, and i say a lot of that's going to local suppliers as well, who are paying the living wage often. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's also other things like you know environmental benefits and apprentices and things like that. You know, so have
1: you, you know, has part of what you've done been to to encourage the formation of you mentioned construction construction companies in the yeah. area who can take on like these contracts from anchor institutions.
0: That is, that is it. You see, and the thing is, if you look at one of our main local companies, which is about two or three miles from. Preston it's a family-owned company and uh, I wasn't really that sure about how these things work really until I started delving in an interest and looking at the effects of the, the policies we've been putting into place it's had. Now if you look at us like uh, a medium-sized a small construction firm they often have about 30 or 40 suppliers subcontractors Right. you know so it's local painters, electricians, brickies people like that, you know, plumbers, you know, they're, you know, they're the kind of people who actually work on these construction projects, and many of them are local companies. So yeah. what's interesting is the same because of this work, and even at a time of austerity, we're actually taking on people, you know. So this, this brings back to this idea of the entrepreneurial state, but this time at a kind of like a local level. So what's happening is very collaboratively and loosely, but yeah. quite convincingly, the majority of the local public sector which is not civil service but you know the councils and universities and, and colleges and the hospitals coming on board and things like that they're actually like working collaboratively to look at how they can all bring about these benefits to kind of like uh you know put more of this public wealth into the hands of local suppliers right sure. and it's all been done through free firm and open competition because a lot of it's about changing the culture because, you know, a lot of the local companies weren't aware that they could bid and things like that, Right. you know. And also through social value policy, what you find is a lot of the local co- companies are very good on that as well. And the fact that the local as well, you know, it, it, it does add to an environmental benefit. So, you know, it's all been um, it's all been quite fantastic of the, the results we managed to achieve even within the current European and UK framework. We managed to do a lot. You
1: know, that's
0: so that that's been a big part of it. So we've got something going on with that, but then there's other other strands we have at the moment to actually further democratise the local economy. Um And this is where we are getting a bit radical. And I can come on to that later if you want. But you know, the the localised procurement for the local public sector, the anchor institutions, that's been fantastic the results we've had, but that's just one part of what we're trying to achieve, there's other parts as well
1: Why, why don't you why don't you quickly sketch those for, for the people listening now Matthew
0: I will do, I mean the, so I mentioned the living wage policy that we've got, I mentioned the social value and the credit union and the, uh, the uh, you know the, uh, the anchor strategy that we have, but we've also got things like the, uh, the public sector pension fund that we're a part of in Lancashire uh, through the through the Preston and South Ribble City deal, which is a bit more conventional, but the interesting thing about that is that the pension fund has decided to invest 100 million pounds in our area, right? Right. So it's one of few public sector pension funds that does, that's, 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 that's actually doing this in the United Kingdom. You know, there's a little bit of it in Manchester and there's a little bit of it in. Um, you know, places like Scotland, Falkirk, and I think Islington is going quite far with it, you know, but it's still quite in its infancy, you know, what's actually happened there. So that's putting £100 million into the Preston and South Ribble economy, which is the neighbouring district. So that's already built uh, some student accommodation, and it's actually going to... It plans to bring a disused building back into use, which used to be quite a grand hotel that the, I think royalty stopped at the the, the end of the 19th century, the earliest 20th century, that used to be owned by British Railways later on and then it became part of the county council buildings and part of it's not in use now and this is going to regenerate and turn it into a really good hotel and on top of that as well there's going to be office space there so it's going to create jobs, you know, and again I'm sure that a lot of local suppliers hopefully will be successful within, you know, the kind of like that project as well, you know.
1: Well, that's yeah, that rings, that rings a lot of bells here. Where we, we have we have a number of empty properties that are crying out for for, for some investment and being brought back into into line.
0: Yeah, but um, so, so with that, you've got this like virtuous cycle of activity. Because what happens is that the, the public sector workers are basically investing their pensions within this, and they've taken a the decision through the board to do that. Sure. You know, that will then create jobs, it will create business taxes, I and in mean, some ways, doing things this way can kind of like fight austerity because, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the local government in our area may, could see a return, you know, by people paying more council tax and businesses kind of like being more successful and things like that, you know.
1: Right, and being able to kind of expand from public sector contracts in, into uh, in more extensive work in the rest of the economy. Uh, Matt, I know you're very keen on boosting the cooperative sector. Um, how successful to date have you been on that, and, and what are your your future plans in, in in that regard?
0: Well, I mean, this this comes on to one of the, one of the things that we have right, because I mean, I'll just say what we've got so far. We've got a uh, we've got a new credit union, which is um, obviously a cooperative. So that is that's operating with Preston, so that's good. We have got a food co-op. Which is mainly volunteer-led. You know that's oper- operating within Preston. We've got a uh, employee-owned business that's a transport consultancy that's been around since about 2010 within Preston. You know, and we've got um we've got a new cooperative which is educational psychologists which uh, collaborated as a cooperative, and that's about about two years old. And that kind of like is a, there's about 12 members of that now. You know. And um, so that's the kind of activity we got, and then obviously we got Community Gateway, which was one of the first um, tenant-led cooperative housing associations, but so that's about 10 years old. You know, so we, we've done other things, like we tried to encourage, uh, the council encouraged a bid for the um, the bus, uh, you know, the, there was an issue with the uh, competition commission saying stage culture acquisition of part of the bus network was anti-competitive, right. so the council encouraged the work is to bid for that about seven years ago. That was not successful, but there's that culture that we have. But so we got that. But by far the most exciting thing we're looking at at the moment is the um, out of all this public sector buying power, there's gaps where there's you know very few local businesses, or there are businesses that are providing the service it would actually possibly be better operated by a cooperative. So we've actually. Constituted Preston's Cooperative Development Network, which is legally—it's actually legally constituted now—and itself is a is a cooperative which is uh, registered with Cooperatives UK. And we're going to be, we're going to be working over the next few months around looking at these gaps where potentially we can form cooperatives to actually bid for the contracts where there's lots of leakage within the local economy. So one of the first ones we're looking at is food and catering you know because there's lots of money leaking out of Lancashire in uh, catering so that's things like uh, you know um, you know, food for the hospitals and the uh, colleges and the university refectories and of
1: course, you know, the, school, yeah.
0: the schools as well so we're looking at cooperative there uh, which we hope will actually be formed in the next few months actually and once that's formed it'll be a worker business and that can then bid for these contracts you
1: know,
0: hope hopefully it'll be successful, obviously, you know, it, it's got to compete with other private sector companies, but it's going to be there really, as, as kind of like a, a more local ethical alternative.
1: Right, a kind of cooperative option.
0: Um, cooperative, well, yeah. So we've, got something going on, so we've got something going on there. We've got um, renewable energy, where there's discussions around a lot of um, the anchor institutions, Buildings, potentially we can put things like solar panels on that through a cooperative, so that's being looked at at the moment as well. And then it's other things like furniture. Apparently there's no company that sells furniture within Preston, so that's an opportunity there we've got as well. And then also it's things like social care, which is something that we're having discussions with at the moment about whether the trade unions could actually be supportive of, uh, you know, uh, worker co-ops to provide social care. You know, and you know that, that if that does happen, that would that would be extremely exciting. So that's something we're looking at at the moment as well. And then also it's things around IT because there's this quite wonderful organisation called Coltech which have been up to see us twice, and they're very excited about the Preston model. And they're a network of tech businesses, so that's everything from web design to cam, you know, to filming, and to uh, you know, to printers, you know, things like that. You know, and they're looking at how they can work, you know, to actually get more involved in this project. Brilliant. And the exciting bit as well, which actually goes beyond this, is that the we've got a guy called Dr. Julian Manley, who we've worked with very closely, at the University of Central Lancashire. And he's engaging with the University Business School on this, so a lot of the graduates will be encouraged to form worker-owned businesses, especially where the university kind of like buying goods and services. And there's no company in link that's kind of like, you know, provide that service. So potentially the graduates can actually, you know, form cooperatives there to, you know, to get involved and hopefully have success in the competitive process there, you know. So you put, you put that all together, right? And if this all comes together the way that we hope it will do, because there's no certainty with these things, you know, but... Of course.
1: You know,
0: Obviously, the infrastructure is in place now, so to really expand the cooperative economy by, by doing it this way, that way, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so that's 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 happening at the moment, so that's really exciting, you know. And, the, I mean, there's the, the discussions at the moment about whether the university can actually form a cooperative um, around IT, you know, with Tech. you know what I mean, to sure. actually help the, the IT graduates, you know, form... I think it's a, I think it's
1: amazing what what can be achieved, can't it, when you have a, a you know a, a local government institution like yours, which is which is willing to start these conversations? Because it's it's always striking how how little that real coordination there is between things like universities and emerging business sectors, and how how often by default students end up go, move, leaving the area and they go to London or they go somewhere. Um, northern california because that's where you go you know that's where the the networks already exist and actually using state coordinate coordination to sort of keep people um in the area is going to is going to reap you're going to reap huge rewards for this
0: well um, we did that and we also did i think something else that we did which which is uh, the university approach about this as a council is that the students wanted to form a, a collective you know a co- it was it was um it was a community interest company but the the principles were around cooperatives yeah. and uh, you know they came to us and said well you know the, the, this this genius that we have of you know fine art graduates and artists who kind are really really good to do a number of things you know um you know around arts you know sure. you need some space right so what they're in one of our council buildings now You know, so you've basically got an artist cooperative which is in one of our council buildings. And if that hadn't happened, what would happen is they'd they'd be going to Manchester or Liverpool. Yeah, you know, know, because obviously we're not as big as Manchester or Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination. So, as you say, it's kind of like retaining wealth within the local economy.
1: Yeah, um, you know, Matt, we've been talking for about 25 minutes and I would love to. Um, finish up with a a, a quick question really on looking back on what you wish you'd known when you started out on this process um, that you figured out along the way
0: Um, what did I wish I I don't know I mean I just think it's a learning curve I mean in some ways I I, I think that you learn as you go along and you just try something new do you know what I mean Sure. Um, what what I would say is I wasn't aware that culturally these ideas do take a lot of convincing for people to actually get behind them because I think we've been conditioned at all levels just to think that, you know, it's got to be big business and big corporations and with investment and stuff like that. And I think that's the mindset that we've been conditioned to think. So if I'd have known that that would be such a challenge as it was, I might have done things differently,
1: you know. But, um. When you say doing things differently, like spend more time talking people through the, the sort of the principles or, or, like, trying to talk them out of certain sort of assumptions they had?
0: It, well, just try, try to be a bit more, um, evangelistic about it, really, because, well, I am anyway, but I, I don't know, you just, I don't know, you just seem that, um, yeah, not with everyone I mean people have been really supportive and I've got to emphasise it's a collaborative approach to this so it's not about one person or or Preston City Council there's been you know I mean there's been a number of people been fantastic in this a number of organisations but I just think if you actually have a discussion about saying well the system as it is isn't working we need to look at creating our own in some ways at a local level where we like decide in our own way how we want to try and, you know, direct things and make people better off and things like that. It's really that kind of conversation because, you know, that kind of thinking isn't that kind of like, um, I don't think people think at that level a lot of the time. And it's understandable they don't because a lot of people just need to get on with the jobs that they're paid to do and all the rest of it. But I think for me it's crucial that you begin having that discussion really because... You know, if you really want to like lift people up and tackle inequality, you've got to look at what are the problems, and the problems are a system problem, and it's it's a globalised problem in many ways, and a national problem. You know, and yeah. you've got to ask: Is just relying on that system, you know, going to actually bring about the benefits for the community that you want? And the answer is: Well, it's not, because you know, we across if you look at the across Europe, we're probably one of the most unequal countries within Europe. You know, and if you look at the way the economy is working in terms of economic growth and things like that and inequality, you know, it's not getting any better. So you've got to try something new. So it's really that that was a challenge.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, but just before we finish, if we could mention some of the other ideas we're looking at. Because we're now, you know, these things can be done relatively cheaply by looking at Number of other councils and areas where they are doing things in this direction. So, for example, we're now Preston City Council ventures into a partnership with another council in the northwest uh, that's not for profit and local and it sells energy as an alternative to the big six, you know. So, that was launched in September, so that's fantastic. So, that's called Fairer Power,
1: Fairer
0: Power, which, which, yeah, Fairer Power Lancashire, and it's and, and we're leading across Lancashire. Uh, you know with this initiative which is there to kind of like save people money on their energy bills which are very high as you know I think British Gas announced that it was an increase of 12.5% or something I don't yeah, know yeah
1: it's pretty scandalous yeah, yeah. get
0: me wrong on this but I mean I, know, I, I think it might have been British Gas and I apologise to British Gas It wasn't British Gas but I mean the, one of the major companies did announce a very um, large increase in, um, in the price of, of energy so you know so that's a fantastic thing we've got going now and the other things we're looking at as well is, and this is what's really exciting, is we're trying to encourage a number of bank institutions in Lancashire to invest in a community bank. And there's a guy in uh, Southampton called Professor Richard Verner who's involved with uh, all these ideas. And, you know, he he's open to launching a Lancashire community bank at the same time as the Hampshire community bank, which is where he's from. In Winchester, and right. that's going to be the first network of community banks, which will be basically set based upon the, uh, you know, on the model we have in Germany, which is the, uh, you know, Sparkassen and things like that. Where, you know, it's a, it's an evolved bank, it's a cooperative bank, right? It's, it's owned by the people. It's owned by the um, the community in many ways because it can only lend to businesses and individuals within that area, right? You know? and, and
1: develops a very kind of detailed kind of knowledge of the local economic structures so that it's able to make smart investments. Part of the problem with our banking system is that our bankers can only really lend against property. Um, there is there is that. So very very little of it's going into the
0: productive economy, but it also goes back to this system problem in that if you're a if you're kind of like a small business or you're a cooperative or you're a charity or whatever, you know, often it's very difficult to get the finance that you want. Or if you do get the finance that you want, the interest rates tend to be very high. Sure. You know, so that, you know, the the modelling they've done for the first one in Hampshire, they're, they're, they're looking at, it's big money this, about £300 million You think it'll be lending within three or four years, you know. Yeah. So, what I'm trying to get at here is if you put all this together, so you put the pension fund investment, which potentially we can build on, you know, within within Preston or Lancashire, you put the... Localised procurement there, if you get the living wage in there, if you get the cooperatives in there, if you get the energy democracy in there, if you get the banking there, and what you're doing is you've actually got quite a lot of, you know, institutions and strategies to actually create a democratic economy, which potentially, if we get it right over the next 10 or 20 years, and I think this will, this will actually grow and grow and grow, especially if Jeremy Corbyn becomes Prime Minister, you can actually crowd out the Conventional corporate capitalist model and create a democratically evolved economy by using all these levers, and that's very similar to the work of Ted Howard and Gar Alkovich in America.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know who? You know, I mean, it sounds quite dramatic when he's talking about moving on beyond capitalism to a next system, but you know, it is actually a very sensible, common sense way of looking at things because it's the it's kind of like the extracting nature of a lot of economic activity that we have at the moment that. Basically, the money's being put in. So I'll give you an example of the, the banks that people within Lancashire or wherever are depositing with the major banks, and then it's actually leaking out to shareholders in you know um, outside the community. Often they find ways of not paying tax and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. That's, what, that's what that's what's making me quite excited about all this. That if, you know if it all comes together the way that we think. There's quite a big movement to actually starts a debate about the kind of economic system that we want to have, you know. And what strengthens it even further, in my view, is that from a common sense level, us going back to where we were before the crash, it's just not going to happen because there's been the budget today, which I don't, I don't know if you saw, but, you know, the levels of economic growth that we're getting, there's just nowhere near where they were in the 80s, 90s, or, you know, even before that. No, you know, it's, it's, and
1: it's clear as well that the current government's reflexes are entirely oriented to giving more money to those who have it already. Uh, it, even when they they try and dress it up as helping the young, they end up helping property owners and so on. Um, they, they do, and there's very little to be sold. off as well, you know do Yeah, I think they've. I think that you're right. They they feel increasingly like um, they've um, they've sold everything that wasn't nailed down, and they're probably looking for the exit. Um, yeah. I think this is, um, it's such a heartening project that you're on. And and listening to you, it's clear that the the, the good example you're setting is already spreading in the region. Um, And I think it's up to, you know, I think a lot of people will be watching with with hope in their hearts. As you say, this, this this is exciting to me because it's a way of moving to transformation that isn't, sort of giddy, it doesn't require a kind of, the delirium of a, a revolutionary moment, this is just about, as you say, generally displacing capitalist extraction and replacing it with something with more sensible
0: It, it, it is but crucially as well, I think that the, especially at a local level, these things have um, support across the political spectrum because I mean, if you look at the bank in um, in Hampshire that I've just mentioned yeah. Conservative councils are really—they're all over it. They saying, we love this idea of having a, a community bank where we can lend to our local businesses. Yeah, you know? of course. It, yeah. Not necessarily someone of my, you know, quite radical, you know, Labour views that these ideas, especially locally, you get support
1: for. You know. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, the, the likes of John McDonald and Jeremy Corbyn
0: have been fantastically supportive of these ideas, and you know there's there's a, there's a document called alternative models of ownership in which i was quite lucky to contribute to that and it gives some ideas of what a labour government will do to support this agenda if we get one which might be quite sooner than we think but on top of that as well there's been interest as well from the cabinet office so even the conservatives are having a debate at the moment about inclusive growth and i think you know i think even Theresa may is like open to this idea of having workers on company boards. So you know, I think you know there's, there's interest across the political spectrum for these ideas. I think you know, which sure. again is quite part of it because you know, especially at a local level, I think a lot of people, whatever the political parties, they just tend to want to do the best for the community.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly, and I've, I'm sure there is there is exactly that reservoir of of sort of local feeling, you know, feeling that things. Want to be well on the on their doorstep here as well, um, Matthew. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us tonight, and um, I think that's a really that's a brilliant introduction to to what you have been working on with your colleagues in Preston. Thanks again. Okay, lovely. Thanks for speaking to
0: me. Okay, no problem. Okay, bye.